Hello and welcome to Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on local songwriters and their music, brought to you by Writers Round San Diego, a place where San Diego songwriters come together every Monday night at Park and Rec, presented by Acoustic Spot and hosted by Story and Tune. Visit writersroundsd.com for more info. I'm your host, Gary Lee. My guest today is George Hayes, also known as Pug Mahone. Welcome, George. Hey, Gary, thank you so much for letting me be here today. It's great. really a pleasure. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, I, I've got to start with the uh, the name that you use on, on uh, social media, Pug Mahone. Well, I spent 43 years in healthcare, and so I needed something to kind of separate my professional and my, you know, advocation of music. And I also tease about the fact that if I play or somebody doesn't like my music, I can always change my name. Um, but it, uh, I'm going to let the secret out of the bag. Uh, my grandmother was a World War One Red Cross nurse, and she was a sturdy a solid Irish woman, proper, but she sweared in Gaelic. And the Gaelic term of Mathone is kiss my ass. And so that's, you know, it, it, it has that uh, portion of it, too. Just give you a little sense of my humor. Well, it's, it's a good thing that you bring that up, because that was my next thing I was going to say, because I looked it up. Yeah. To see what that meant, because I'm like, where the heck did that come from? How did you come up with a name like Pug Mahone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it was it, it's, it's a little uh, uh, you know cheeky, but uh, at the same time, it, it does the job. So uh, you know, I probably now that uh, I'm retired, I'll probably just work more with my real name. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't go out and do gigs as Pug Mahone. Actually, you don't. You don't really do gigs right now, do you? No, no. When you're in corporate medicine and you're working, you know, ten, twelve hour days, it doesn't afford you a lot of late nights. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my my advocation, I, I played a lot in college, uh, you know, playing uh, Minneapolis coffee houses and uh, pizza parlor scenes and, uh, you know, feeding myself through college and keeping myself caffeinated. <laughs> uh, but in terms of musically, you know, I've always played. I've been very, very fortunate uh, through both friends and professional people that I met through work to be invited to some really uh, incredible singer-songwriter rounds, uh, people that are really, you know, forefront, that that have really written some beautiful music and that are nationally known, to be able to sit in their living rooms and play Mm -hmm. music with them. And, uh, you know, I I grew up in the 70s with my music, so I was big into a lot of... uh, have to say John Denver was my first influence, really? but, uh, you hmm. know, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Neil Young, uh, some of the British people, Bert Jantz, uh, John Martin, uh, you know, were all really big influencers to the music. And I didn't really start songwriting until realistically about 10 years ago. Uh, it just, um, because of the social media aspects of corporate med, you know, you couldn't really have a lot of opinion. You 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 didn't want to speak out too much in terms of how you really felt sometimes. So I found music was very evocative. And, and if you write your own stuff, I think it really sets the tone and it really can be impactful um, being a 
child of the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I turn my most of my music, I think, is what they call Americana now. But I think deep in my heart, I'm kind of a folk singer. Right. Right. Now, I'm, I'm going to date you, George. Um, you've been playing music now for more than 60 years. Yeah. Is that correct. Yeah. I started playing when I was about, you know. 15, 16 years mm-hmm. old. So yeah, I uh, just uh, borrowed my first harmony guitar from my cousin because she wasn't playing it. And uh, that was my guitar for a lot of years. And then... Uh, was there anything that, that inspired you or, or motivated you to, to get into the music, uh, uh, well, to get into music as you did? You know, as a kid, I, I sang in church choirs. Uh, I think the bigger thing for me is, when I started playing guitar and singing was more probably the uh, Catholic Church was just allowing kind of folk masses and things. You know, to sing Amazing Grace in church was pretty cutting edge. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that... Uh, that was probably what propelled me more than anything is to just kind of express music in in those terms, uh, you know, uh, certainly Dylan. You know, growing up in Minneapolis, I had the opportunity of seeing Dylan, you know, playing at local coffee shops. Uh-huh. You know, to see Dylan on a Tuesday night at Cafe Extempore was wow. just with no cover. And he would he'd walk in just because he was in the neighborhood and play a few songs because he had new songs to play. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy, crazy time. That's I, mean, I, I saw um, Bruce Springsteen before he was anybody, too. Yeah. He was opening up for David Bromberg in Boston when I was out there, and that was crazy to see him then and then to see where he went from there. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Bob Dylan. Bob Berg is really, really a force to be reckoned with. If, if anybody has not uh, heard of David Bromberg, you know, he played with Dylan as a backup. He played with Jerry Jeff Walker yeah. as a backup. But in terms of and his, his own work, too. His own. Yeah. Yeah. His 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 catalog is just utterly amazing. Yeah. Now you're going to play three original songs for us today. What's the first one? Well, this is actually the first song I ever wrote. I wrote this about 10 years ago. It was called The Train to Nowhere. Um, It was about Sandy Hook. And I just was so uh, lost, you know, for words. And so I had to, again, get that emotion out. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, called The Train to Nowhere. There's a lot I don't know And so much to understand You're a legion of fools With a head in the sand Well, it's just like I thought To you it's no big deal We ride the train to nowhere No one ever will The tracks that lead to heaven all awash with tears Cried for all the children Who died before their years It all but begs a question One day will we heal As we ride the train to nowhere No one at the wheel Gazing out the window At the scene before I Hear the master calling, tears falling from our eyes. Praying for redemption, preacher bends to kneel as we ride the 
questions go unanswered, lessons left unlearned. Well, the train has left the station, never to return. Passengers are seated. Guess our fate is sealed. As we ride the train to nowhere, no one at the wheel. We're all on the train to nowhere, no one at the wheel. Again, that was written after what happened at Sandy Hook. You told me earlier that you thought you'd post it once on social media and never play it again. Was that because you never thought we'd see another Sandy Hook or a similar incident? Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, it gives me chills. I mean, I, 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 I get really emotional playing the song. It just, it was, it was one of those things where there was so much going on at the time and it just seemed so senseless. And I just didn't have the words, so I tried to kind of put it into this uh, analogy of a, a song. And I thought, okay, I got it out. I feel better. You know, I think that, you know, people, and you know, hopefully if anybody hears it, you know, it, it'll be great. Um, I only post on social media. I'm uh, I'm, I'm pretty viral. I have about seven people that follow me. Um, so, I, you know, and I thought, okay, one and done. And but unfortunately, even with Uvalde, I, I reposted it, and it just—it's. I guess the music kind of, sadly, in this case, becomes kind of evergreen. It's one of those things where, I guess, when Neil Young wrote Ohio. You know, you say, "Oh boy, you know, well, well, that'll never happen again." Right. And and I get, you know, I, I think I was naive, and and I don't want to be too political. I think it's just the matter of, again, my 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 social responsibility tells me that let's just have some conversation, let's have some common sense if it's possible. How do you think the uh, the music scene today compares to? The music scene, say, in Minneapolis back in the 70s when you were performing. You know, it, it's evolved. I think it's great. It, it, you know, certainly whether it's hip-hop, rap, uh, you know, it has a message still. And I think it becomes a little more compartmentalized. I think it's probably more to certain groups where... In the 60s, you know, Peter, Paul and Mary or, you know, Barry Maguire or even, you know, Jackson Brown coming up. Some of the, the songs were appealed to everybody. And I think that, unfortunately, I think people have their own kind of groups of music. I don't know that the message is always heard just because of the genre of music. But that that's just my opinion. I met you uh Several weeks ago at Writers Round San Diego. Great, great venue. I got to say thank you to them because it's really refreshing to have a place that people will sit and listen to music. And you've also done uh, uh, open mic here at Amplified Studios. That's it. Um, how does it feel when you do shows like that again? You don't really perform live. So how does it feel to be getting out there in front of your musical peers? Um, I think it's good because... You know, I, I guess I don't have any critics per se. I guess I'm my own critic. I, I you know, I, I, 
being in healthcare, I always strove for perfection. And so I was always somewhat limited of what I thought I could do musically because I always thought it had to be perfect. And this sounds funny, but uh, a brain surgeon once told me, he said that perfect is the evil of good. And so I'm trying to get to that point where my music's good, you know, and if it has a message and I think that if I'm being humble and I'm being open and I think the other things that open mic and especially writers in the round brings is that it brings a community. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people can say, I like that, but, you know, or, you know, that, you know, that will, you know, you rip that off from Warren Zevon or, you know, whatever the the commentary is. But I think it's I think it's honest music. And I think people will, you, you know, I've had people offer to collaborate and those sort of things. And that was my goal. Yeah, it's it's um, you're amongst your peers when you're when you're doing something like that, which uh, I would think. Um, would benefit you in so many different ways. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and it's just again, it's just the fact that it's also inspiring because you know you've had Evan and uh, several other people on this show that really have, uh, you know, have some just fantastic music and just to see quality people play, you know, in a in a non bar setting. Does this kind of maybe motivate you? Put a fire underneath you to get out there again and start performing live? I, I think I'd probably do some limited venue stuff uh, where, uh, you know, there was a showcase. But to sit and play, I, uh, a few years ago, um, I, I had the courage to drive all the way out to Pappy and Harriet's and play uh, a song, mm-hmm. you know. Three hours driving out to play two songs yeah. to drive back, but you know it, it was it was fun. But it you're was, not not necessarily up for uh, doing a, a two or three night set, huh? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. All right, uh, you're listening to Music Maker San Diego, brought to you by Writers Round San Diego. I'm talking with George Hayes today. What's the next song you're going to play for us, George? And what is the story behind it? Well, this is a this is a song. You know, from a songwriter's perspective, sometimes songs take years to write. This one took me about an hour from lyrics to music and 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 recording it. And it's um, it's about addiction. And I had a niece. It was uh, that died of a fentanyl overdose and she was a heroin addict. And I saw a lot in healthcare, and I've had, you know, kids of friends. And so this is kind of a interesting song. It's called Morning Came, and it's kind of about, it's, it's, it's kind of built off of a lover's relationship. Love sings through the telephone wire 
mentioned how uh, the first song you sang, Train to Nowhere, was the first song you wrote. That was about Sandy Hook. Um, you consider, you also mentioned that you consider yourself a folk singer and you believe that music should convey a message. Is that how you write your songs with, with that belief in mind? Yeah, it. a lot of times I will just, uh, initially will write just to write. Uh, sometimes I just get a... Um, you know, it's a feeling or an emotion a lot of times. Certainly in the case of Morning Came, it was just, I was so sad. Um, you know, some songs are uh, written, maybe about 40, 45 songs. Some are, some are just simply goofy. Mm-hmm. They're silly songs. Um, but I think that they sometimes have, they, they start with a thought or an idea. It it kind of comes, uh, and I just kind of elaborate on it. I I... I have some friends that real close friends we we meet weekly in in my garage and we swap songs, play songs. Oh, cool! And uh, we call ourselves the Rusty Roosters, <laughs> and uh, so we are. Uh, you know, we're playing songs, so like we'll play there, and somebody might add something. So a lot of my songs are uh, they're, they're my work, but a lot of times just little tweaks, little hooks. Melodies come hard for me, so my friend Mark is good at the music part of it, but he'll throw things in. Uh, my friend Kenny, uh, he's he's been just a great sage. He's been in the music business here in San Diego playing in bands for 30 years. And 
So he's always a great muse for me as far uh-huh. as writing stuff. And like a lot of times we'll, I'll, I'll send a, a verse and he might change two or three words. But, you know, he, writing songs is really just for me, it, it's probably um, more just emotion or something that might trigger me. That's how I kind of get the process started. Is an actual collaboration with somebody, is that on your bucket list, something you'd like to do? Uh, I always do it. I mean, it's it's funny because even if uh, with Kenny and Mark, if, if we're writing, you know, even if I'm just sending them a song, a lot of times I just add their names to the credits just because they're, they're the support system. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they help they're, you in some way. Yeah, yeah. Whether they did words or if they they've just simply said, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> or you know, move the second verse and the third verse and swap them and sort of things. And they'll go clang. Okay, I got it. And and it's really helpful. It's really helpful. And hope to expand, you know, beyond that through you know some of these songwriter groups. Now you mentioned some of the people that you listen to. Back then, um, back when you first started, who influenced you as a songwriter? Gosh, you know, um, probably more than anybody was John Prine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was in school in Chicago. He was another one that, you know, I saw him at the Earl of Old Town on a Tuesday for no cover. And John Prine was there. Steve Goodman, definitely. Wow. Uh I was I was bold enough to go up to Steve Goodman and ask him about chords, a progression of chords, because I just couldn't figure it out. And on the break, he took me in the back and goes, oh, you know, this is this this is how, you know, we do it. You know, I'm going. He's showing me his his rundowns uh-huh. and things. And 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 he's like, no, I don't capo at the second fret. I capo it at the fourth fret. And I'm like. Okay. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool to get advice from Steve Goodman. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I like to think like with Prine, some of my songs can have some double meanings at some times, you know, like in Morning Came, looking out the window really was, to me was looking at the television. Mm-hmm. And anybody else besides Prine? You know, more recently, I think, uh, you know, I, I certainly, um, have like the Jason Isabel. Uh, he writes some fantastic stuff. There's a lot of the indie writers. Uh, you, sometimes I'll be just uh, watching TV. Like there's some really odd people like on Grey's Anatomy and there'll be kind of an interlude in music. And I'll like look at the credits at the end and I'll go look this person up. And they've, you know, had an EP uh, uh, just, but you know, they're they're great great songwriters that just you know kind of hide in the shadows. Right, right. Tell us about the third song you're going to sing. Well, the third song is uh, I again. This was about emotion. Um, during the pandemic, I worked on the COVID floors, and it was a tough time. And I had a lot of um, we were all getting burned out. And so I wanted to try something uplifting. And so I, uh, I wrote this song. It's called Brave the Weather. And more recently, um, I've been kind of using it as um, kind of an anthem for the folks in Ukraine. 
and kindness to others day to day. you have no uh, no albums or EPs out at this time. Any plans to put one out in the future, near future? No near, no, no near plans, no near but I'd, I'd like to. I think I've got enough songs to do it. I guess the question really becomes then how do I, you know, get that out? Uh-huh. So at this point in time, I'm happy writing songs. I'm helped. I'm I'm happy uh, with my seven followers on social media. (laughs) Hopefully there'll be more now that uh, thanks to this opportunity, Gary. It's just been a pleasure. Oh, great. Uh, uh, How can people find out more about you, uh, George? And where can they find? Do you have any music online for people to listen to? I I have uh, G.T. Hayes' YouTube channel because I have a friend who's not on social media, so I have to post stuff up there for him and, and, and my brother. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm working, uh, trying to rebuild my skills, get my chops up. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding the new norm now that I'm not, not working. Right. All right. Well, thank you, George. I, I appreciate you coming out today and uh, being on the show. I enjoyed uh, talking with you and listening to your music. Keep it up, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, and thank you for having this uh, you know, wonderful opportunity. That does it for another episode of Music Maker San Diego, brought to you by Writers Around San Diego. Putting musicians, original stories, and songs center stage, a place where San Diego songwriters come together every Monday night at Park and Rec, presented by Acoustic Spot and hosted by Story and Tune. Visit writersroundsd.com for more info. Until next time, I'm Gary Lee. Have a good one. <laughs>